Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Collateral Damage. Um, my name is Mike Wilson. I'm here with my co-host and friend, Maureen Cavanaugh. Hi, Maureen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. So today we have the soup man. The soup man. The soup man. This is, everybody uh... loves the soup man. <laughs> so Peter Kelleher, uh, a.k.a. the soup man, um, started this project in Bridgewater and is actually has crossed state lines and is now uh, affecting change up in Maine, um, where, as he'll tell us in his story, is where uh, he lost his son. Yeah. And I know that was what kind of inspired him to do this. So, um, And now you, you introduced me to the soup man. How did you hear about the soup man? I saw an article on, I guess there's been quite a few articles, but I saw an article on Facebook about how he was bringing, I think, a shower, a portable shower up to Maine. Okay. <clears throat> so he oh, does yeah, that part, too. Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, raising money for portable showers. That's right. I thought this would be perfect to, um, I, because I love when people do things like this and I love talking about this because mm-hmm. so many people having, you know, dealing with so much loss. And right. it reminds me of this quote that I, I, I tried to find who, who wrote it but I, or who said it and I can't remember. It's, I love when people that have been through hell walk out of the flames carrying buckets of water for those still consumed by the fire. And that's what this reminded me of, you know, here's this man that lost his beautiful son, Mm -hmm. heartbroken. And instead of curling up in a ball, which I, you know, I'm fairly sure I would do. He um, carried on in his name and is doing beautiful things by feeding people. And, and he said, gave it how many socks he, he's, you know, he gives out. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers here on his site. I mean, it's the, the numbers are staggering. Uh, let's see, he's got um, giving out boots, socks. Uh, he's partnered up with Ocean State Job Lot Charitable Foundation. Uh, I mean, he's, he's handing out quite enough to keep people, uh, um, keep people's feet warm, at least. I know that. And, and just hope, too, that somebody mm-hmm. cares about, about them. You know, when you're in the street and you're, mm-hmm. you don't have a – and I know what it's like not to have a roof over my head. I've unfortunately been in that situation. And you feel like nobody cares about you. And, and it's uh, – you know, there's some low points in life. That's a, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. You're homeless. But um, so to be able to do that, you know, to carry on in, in, in his son's memory and do these beautiful things, I think is just – had to be talked about. Mm-hmm. The pain of loss transformed in the passion to help, right? Amazing. Amazing. Amazing thing. Well, without further ado, let's get him on here. Here is the soup man. So uh, thank you for joining us, Peter. I appreciate it. Very nice to have you on today. I appreciate the uh, the invitation. Of course. Of course. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about your your situation and what you've been doing up in Maine um, and what kind of led you to that. So hopefully you can help our listeners understand. It's, I'm, I'm actually just traveling into Maine. Oh. Um, I, I live in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. I'm from Maine. Oh, okay. How it all started for me is I lost a son to opiates. Oh, man. Uh, I, I knew Sorry. I was going to, I knew I was going to get the phone call. I just didn't know when. Oh. Um, and how long ago was that, Peter? Uh, three years ago. Three years ago. And what's his name? Uh, Travis Harris. Travis. Uh, handsome, handsome, smart, loving um he just carried the demon mm-hmm. and carried this happened demon. this happened up in maine yes yeah bangor maine um i was in bridgewater mass um and i got that phone call his mother called me and told me he was gone and i said where is he now is he mm-hmm. back in jail mm-hmm. uh, where is he and she says no peter he's gone oh and um i took 
care of the, you know, the, I took care of the arrangements and um, we had a little funeral and, and that was that. And I was miserable like any parent would be. I, I, I didn't do enough. It was my fault. It was this, it was that. And in all reality, it, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't his mother's fault. It wasn't his No, that's not how it works. It'll work like we could fix it, right? I think sometimes we like to take the responsibility because then we think we, you know, then we could blame ourselves. Mm-hmm. But um, unfortunately, that's not the way it works. No. no, it's not. No, it's not. But I mean, it's it's perfectly natural to, you know, as a parent in a situation like that, to look back what I could have done, what I should have done. Um, how, well, to, I, I how could did, I prevented this? I, I did that for, I did that for a long time. And, you know, I just banged my head and banged my head and, and then it just, I saw the light. I've got to do something. I've got to do something. I've got to do something. So mm-hmm. it was a cold October uh, day and, and I said, well, I'm going to make some soup. I'm going to bring it to the homeless, and they're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> did they? Did they enjoy they the soup? Did. Yeah. They did. They Where did you start this project out? Um, I, I actually, I first I made a soup station for the back of my truck so it wouldn't slide around. Okay. And that took me about an afternoon. And that next Saturday morning, I put together uh, a pressure cooker, 32 quarts of hot hamburg soup, and out the door I went. Wow. Where did you where did you go first? Were you up in Maine or were you Brockton, Massachusetts? Brockton. Okay, very nice. Mm, Another much needed community, you know what I mean? A place where people definitely need help. We do a lot for Brockton. So you found a uh, fairly significant homeless population. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was doing it as I did it every week. I did it every weekend, every Saturday, faithfully. So they could count on you. Yeah, then they started calling saying, hey, the soup man is here. <laughs> so that's how it started. Yeah. Um, and then I was out there about six weeks into it, and there was a lady that pushed me over the top that didn't have a hat or gloves on. No. Oh. I gave her mine, and I went home and put my picture on Facebook and said, hey, I'm doing soup for the homeless. I need some hats and gloves and socks, and let's wrap them. I'll bring them out mm-hmm. for Christmas, and we'll pass them out as gifts. Wow. Did you get a good response? Did you get a lot of people interested? I had such a response that we had to unwrap everything because we didn't <laughs> Yeah. We, we were getting stuff from all over the United States, believe it or not. Wow. And we had so much stuff that we had to put them in backpacks. So we started filling backpacks. Mm-hmm. People started sending me money, and I didn't want any money. I told everyone I didn't want any money. I didn't want anyone to think I was building a house. Mm-hmm. And, um and then I, this, this gentleman that got a hold of me started a Facebook page for me to support the soup man. And a friend of his gave him, gave me $2,500. And then mm-hmm. that guy, a lawyer friend, and he gave $2,500 again. And it just started to snowball and snowball. And wow. we haven't stopped since. So well, support the soup man is the nonprofit that you started yeah. based on all these donations that you were getting, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We had to do something. I, you know, well, a lawyer friend of a friend mm-hmm. um, started a, a 5013C at no charge and we paid for the paperwork, which was very minimal 50, 60 bucks. Right. And then off we went. Um, where we, <laughs> where we have taken it, I have a unbelievable board of directors. Okay. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, just in the last three months, we passed out over eighteen thousand dollars worth of backpacks. Wow! Um, and so these backpacks have supplies in them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. They have. They're all and all the products new. Uh, okay. Gloves, gloves, socks, hats, 
um, toiletries. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. It's so you're you're equipping them to survive. Well, kind of. Yeah. Um, you know, but Ocean State Job Lot has really jumped on in to help us. They they're an incredible partner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the last few weeks, they gave me eighteen thousand baseball caps, and I have someone that's going to print support the soup man we'll sell them five dollars a piece we'll mm-hmm. give some out to the children because we have small caps available too mm-hmm. um and that is if we can step back that i i i have a school bus um we, I, we I see a picture here on the website the big red school bus that says the soup man on it right yeah i'm <laughs> actually picking up another one next week it's a, oh. it's a smaller bus that we're going to do barbecue hamburgers, hot dogs, popsicles, and pass out toiletry bags. That's great. I'm, I'm getting a charter bus in the fall that will make into an emergency shelter that we can go into Boston and oh, wherever we go wow. and pull people off the street at night. I wonder if this is a, um, I wonder if this is a scenario where uh, now that Narcan is, uh, that there's generic versions of Narcan available and there's so many um, you know, individuals near other people who might need Narcan, if this might be an opportunity to help disseminate that, to get it out into the uh, into the streets and into the hands of the people that might be around the next person that might overdose as a homeless individual, right? We we can do anything. Okay. There's no limit to what you or I or or anybody can do. Mm-hmm. I've already passed that stage that we can do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, all it takes is a little willpower. Travis happens to be my strength, and he's my passion, mm-hmm. uh, and it's endless. I mean, we brought this to the point now um, that my fourth bus down the road is a dream, but it's going to be reality, mm-hmm. will be a medical and dental um, oh, bus. Wow. And we are coming out with, believe it or not, a food line. Mm-hmm. We met, met with a, um, a food, a food, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the name of the food line? What is it going on? It will be um, support the soup man, soup man foods. We'll okay. have my hamburger soup with chicken uh, noodle vegetable, mm-hmm. SOS. Everyone in the military has had that. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from Sunnydale Foods. Um, we met with them. We flew down last week. We met with them. It's a done deal. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, awesome. uh, we, have, we have stores that are going to take it, and we have a couple big, a big, it's not. Wow. Uh, people, <laughs> people are coming to me. Well, well, that's what, that's what happens did. when you do something with your heart and you do and you and you really want to do the right thing. It, it just snowballs. Mm-hmm. You couldn't make bad of this if you wanted to. Yeah. Well, I really. mean, you started a movement. You, you got people excited awesome. about, you know, helping people. And I mean, that's people just need a uh, they need a way to do it. They need a, a conduit for their kindness. And it seems like you've created. Well, they, I didn't like people. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the drug dealers. I didn't like the people that hung around with them. I didn't mm-hmm. like. I didn't like anybody at the end of this, but as I grow today, I love people. Mm-hmm. People having people is pretty simple. It's, a, it's something I say constantly. Um, if you've been on our Facebook page, that's uh, almost up to about 4,500 people. Wow. Um, growing every day, 25, 50 people. And what's the Facebook page? What's the, what's the name the of the soup. group? Support the soup, man. Support the soup, man. And yeah. they, they just search right there on Facebook and they can find that group. Yeah. Yeah, you can see how we spend our money every day, mm-hmm. um, and that's big. Um, yeah, it is. A lot, of a lot of nonprofits out there you can't see where they're sending their, where mm-hmm. they're spending their money. Um, yeah. There's no big salaries here. <laughs> it will be. Yep. Um, 
you know, I'm not, we won't be one of those preachers that you just saw on TV on a $50 million plane. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the people we can help with that? How many showers we can buy? Yeah. Yeah, so tell me about that, Peter. What, this is, a, I saw that you had um, portable showers. Yes, I, we're going to have a shower in every major city in New England. We mark my words, this is going to happen. <laughs> I brought, we bought the first shower about a month ago. I'll be handling handing the keys over to the mayor, hopefully, and two nonprofits in the next few weeks. I'm on tour with it now in Maine because Bangor is getting the next one. Portland will have a shower. Uh, hopefully by then we'll have our food line up, um, our coffee line on the shelves, and we're also doing something else is Food Man Essentials. You buy a backpack, you give a backpack. Um, there so are that, would be, that would be a partnership with some of the stores that are selling the backpacks, right? That if no, not, This is no. all part of what we do. Okay. This will be our own little um, support the Soup Man Essentials. Okay. We, and what happens, there are other companies that do that, but they buy their backpacks from China real cheap. Mm-hmm. We're going to be making, I think it's very important that we have our product is made in the United States. Okay. So we're going to have our backpacks will be sewn and made in Eastern Massachusetts. Hmm. They're going to be more expensive, but what's going to happen, they'll buy a backpack, but what we'll do is we'll give three or four or five. We haven't got to figure it out, but this is happening. Mm-hmm. We'll buy the backpacks, backpacks that we use out on the streets. So they'll be buying a nice backpack and they'll be, we'll be replacing it with what we use yep. for the, for our homeless friends. And then we'll have a blanket, buy a blanket, give yep. them a blanket. Those are all going to be made in the United States. Well, got another company doing it. Mm-hmm. I love your attitude. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's happening now. <laughs> it is I happening. Exactly. I had a full-time job with the doggy daycare, and that's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I am getting. I am on salary, three hundred and fifty dollars a week. Yep. Um, hey, you got to survive. You got to eat. I mean, you can have a passion. You can have a drive, but you got to. I, I made pretty good money with the doggy daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, this is peanuts. Yeah. But I don't need any money. I don't want any money. All I want to do is make people, uh, is help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These people don't want to be in the streets. No. You know, you know it's, it's interesting. I've actually been homeless in Portland before. I've lived on the streets in Portland and, and it's, um, you know, luckily the, the area, the city is very kind um, to the homeless population. And there are not a lot of cities that are like that. You know, I've been homeless no. in other towns too. And no, everybody's, uh, everybody's got them labeled. Yeah. Bombs, useless. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not how it is. No. Some of the nicest people I've ever met are on the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're just like you and I, yeah. um, you know, and I get so, I get so pissed when people say, Oh, the bombs are this and that are, Oh, boy. Well, there's so many reasons that people might end up homeless, too. I mean, we just went through uh, back in, what was it, 2008, 2009, the, uh, the housing crisis. Right. You know, when everything collapsed, I think there were, there were a lot of people that were ending up in homeless shelters that may still be homeless today uh, right. that weren't able to bounce back from a significant catastrophe. <laughs> These weren't bad people, you know. No, they're, they're, they're you know, a drug addict wasn't, doesn't want to be a drug addict. But they're not all drug addicts on the streets. Mm-hmm. Everybody lives payroll, uh, paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. So many, um, you know, this woman that I was telling you about earlier, that is where I put me over the end, over the edge was this woman could have been my mother, mm. somebody's mother. And I felt so bad for this. This is, kids? this is the woman that you gave the hat and the gloves to, to I kind of kick, kick that off. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I just felt terrible, you know, 
Some people just don't have a heart. Yeah. And, but a lot of people do. Everyone has a heart. Some people just don't care. Well, not a lot of people would take it upon themselves to do all that you've done, for mm -hmm. sure. You know, I think this is really when people have a painful situation, a lot of people settle into it and they don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. You've certainly made a terrible, terrible thing into uh, a beautiful memorial to your son. I, I have. And, you know, I grin ear to ear every day because of what I do and what we're doing. But in all reality, I lost a son. Mm -hmm. He's my passion. He's my drive. That I loved him. His mother loved him. His grandmother loved him. Mm -hmm. We loved him. He was smart, big blue eyes, handsome boy. He was just, he got sucked in by the demon. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. <clears throat> Is that, um, you know, I like you have a, a daughter that um, struggled for years and years. And thank God right now she's, um, she's sober. But um, I love my daughter and I took care of her and I was a, you know, I, she's was everybody's favorite child. You know, she was just awesome. It's got nothing to do with that. You know, and that's what people don't understand. They were once our, our little babies. That's right. That's right. I never, I never hear a story from a parent or family member about how their child was a bad person that ended up doing drugs. You know, there's a, there's a child there. There's a family member there. There's somebody that they love that, yeah. that ended up in this dark place against their own better judgment <laughs> you know if, if, if it was up to them they wouldn't have done it people are dying kids are dying from doing one one drug right they they, they, they don't have any idea what's in it they do it they're dead mm -hmm. um we're using we're losing a generation yeah you know i don't want to get into politics but i'm telling you there's going to be some serious stuff done we know where the drugs most of the drugs are coming in from mm -hmm. other yeah. borders are closed mm -hmm. um yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's tough because, you know, if you if you consider the supply and demand argument, you know, I mean, that if we cut off the supply, which is, I think we've been trying to do that for, for a long time, for decades. Wow. No one's really ever done it, tried. They play with it. They, they play with it. They, they could, they, they, it's never going to end. It's never going to end. Well, it's where all the funding goes. All the funding goes to like the DEA and stuff like that. All the funding goes towards preventing it from getting in. Whereas there are some other countries where all of the funding goes towards treating the issues, treating right. the demand, the reason why people use and treating it like a public health. Right. And I think that's where, you know, as a country politically, I would love to see the, the funds diverted and uh, people spending more time focusing on the why. Right. You know, it's, it's past that. You, you got to do something. Whatever it is, we've got to act. Mm -hmm. We've got to act. There's so the millions and millions of dollars worth of drugs coming across the borders. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, P Peter, if you were going to make one small change that was going to, you know, if you could affect one small change, because I know you're like me, you want to change everything. <laughs> But we can only change small things at a time, and you're doing that yourself. But if you would like to see one thing change, what would it be? That's a hard question to answer. I know I, I, that's a, just a, such a hard question to answer because it's so big and big. If, what I, if I could just change how people think of the homeless. Mm, okay. That's yeah. pretty simple. But it's not – everything we're doing is big. I don't mm -hmm. think little. I think big. Yeah. And if, if you know, if we're going to have a shower in one city, we're going to have in every, every city in New England. 
If, you know, if I'm going to sell peanuts to get some gloves, I'm going to have a food line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> this this can be done. And you know, we have some very, very smart, intelligent people helping. This is all going to be done, and it's all going to help the homeless. I promise I won't be riding around on a Rolls Royce. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, – or a $50 million plane. Mm-hmm. I don't well, picture just, you doing that. <laughs> but let me ask you can – I, can I ask a question? So, I mean, if – I. I it sounded like you said that you want to, you know, impassion people about, you know, the homeless, homeless population to give them um, some understanding that, or to humanize them, right. To, to help people understand or change their perspective about them. Uh, is there through your, through your social media and stuff like that, or through your actions, are there testimonials from some of the people whose lives have been changed? Is there a place where people can, can witness this? Cause I mean, watching videos that's, that's, and on social media, that's where people are, they're making their opinions, right? Well, you know that we we bring people right off the streets. I mean, there was a couple um, a few weeks ago that the gentleman was starting a job. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any clothes. They brought him to the Walmart. We got mm-hmm. him clothes for the week. Um, you know, I'm going when I go into Bangor, Maine. Uh, there's a, a Hope House. It's a, like a halfway house. Mm-hmm. I will see that everyone in there has those sneakers that needs them. We. Um, we this is what we do we passed out hundreds of pair of boots in the winter mm-hmm. you know thousands of pair of socks uh, that socks are the most wanted things on the streets yeah they are um, you know i think everyone should be able to put on a clean pair of socks mm-hmm. and take a shower That's i'm it. gonna tell i'm gonna tell you right now when i was homeless up in portland that was that was my go-to like i would actually go to stores downtown and they would give us socks yeah you know some of like the clothes stores would just give us socks but i mean you had to go in and ask and kind of kind of beg uh, but it is definitely a, it's one of the things that people overlook just having a nice, fresh, clean pair of socks to put on. There's a lot more we can do. Mm-hmm. And there really is. And I mean, everybody's got boots in their closet. Mm-hmm. Just bring them to a, you don't have to give them to me. I'd like to have them. Uh, um, but that you can bring them to your, your shelter. Everyone mm-hmm. has sneakers in their closet that they're not wearing. Bring mm-hmm. them to your local shelter. Mm-hmm. Is You know, why hoard this shit? Right. So, I mean, that sounds like, that sounds like something that, you know, the average person could do, you know, the person that, that maybe doesn't have a lot of money or doesn't have the ability to necessarily go out and, and, and create a huge impact. They yeah. could just go in their own closet, yeah. right? Yeah, just go in their closet, take a pair of boots, bring them down to the shelter, or just go out on the streets and say, what size do you wear? Anyone wear a size six, six and a half, nine, mm-hmm. you know, and you give them to somebody that's got holes in the shoes. We, we are taking someone off the street in the middle of the winter that wear clogs with a pair of socks on. We picked her right up, put her in the vehicle and brought her to Walmart. Wow. Um, but we do more than the homeless too. Now we just bought 12 mattresses in, in all the, the bedding mm-hmm. for veterans, new veterans house at Taunton. Oh, wow. In Taunton, you said? Yeah. In Taunton, wow. Mass. Okay. And um, we will continue to do what we do. So now is that is that a, a a shelter? Yeah, it's a brand new, it's it's a brand new um, a veterans home, and they needed to fill it up, and mm-hmm. they didn't have any mattresses. So we stepped up to the plate and we bought twelve mattresses, um, bedding in a whole nine yards. They must so, have been very grateful. They were. Yeah. And you know, once we get the food line going, mm-hmm. um, that the the SOS that would be called Barracks Twenty Two. Um, and we'll give a proceeds to that barrack, to that wow. 
do that. We'll, um, yeah, my, my food products going out there and, and the, the coffee is going out there to, to do what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is, it's, it's huge money to do what we do. It's amazing what you do. <laughs> and now you're focusing in, in the New England area, correct? Right. right now? Okay. Are there other organizations or nonprofits that, that provide similar services across the country? Have you looked yeah, at? I, I'm sure, but that, that's a tricky thing too. Yeah. Um, you know, dealing with other nonprofits. So, you know, it's, it's really, you have to be in the business. You have to be, this is a business. Right. And it's run like a business. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start trying to get close to other nonprofits, mm. they put their walls up. I will help anybody. I will work with anybody I can do, but some of them just don't want to because they don't want to let their contacts out where they're getting their money. What's going on yeah. here? It's mm. bullshit. Yeah, that's the business side of it, right? You know, yeah. you know, the young, the young lady that you're sitting next to, I couldn't believe her story. She's taking people off the streets. She's putting them in rehab. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to partner with her. I want to find out what she's <laughs> doing. I want to be able to, to hand her, you know, send her a check yeah. once a month. So we can make sure those people are going into rehabs that want to go. Mm-hmm. I want a part of this. I wow. want to be a part of it. I want to help. I want to help. I want to do anything I can do to help. I, I, want feel, like to, a, I feel like a I partnership is being born here. <laughs> I'm just so impressed with everything. I love when somebody just, you know, just goes forward and makes the best of, of something awful. And I mm-hmm. think that that's so many wonderful things are created out of that I, nonprofits. I lost the son and I loved him. Mm-hmm. And we had our moments. He's my passion. He's my drive. I loved him. He was a person and he mattered. And I think that's what that's the disconnection that a lot of people have is they don't see the people struggling as people. I, you know, I think, Peter, that he continues to do good things through you. Mm-hmm. But would you like to would you like to like talk about who he was a little bit? He was a little shithead. <laughs> oh, he was a good. He was a. He was. He was charming. He was handsome. He. He. He was a kid one time. He was just. He was. Uh, he was my son. He was a, a. He had a mother. He had a grandmother that loved him. Yep. Um, there's more to this pie. Um, anybody's kid. Anybody that's going through. What everyone's gone through, it's wrecked their house. It wrecked their house. It's, it's, you know, he wasn't, it's evil. It's yeah. just evil. <clears throat> There's nothing more painful than watching your child self-destruct. You know, and I wasn't a real, I wasn't a good father. He came from a, a, a broken home. Um, her and I went separate ways. You know, I, I, I you know, I, I do live with guilt every day. Mm. And this is, I think, why I I strive to do so much is because there is guilt there. But he is my passion. I mm. loved him. I talked to him three days before he died. He called me for a recipe. And, um, oh. You know, it wasn't because I – we loved each other. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever we had for a relationship, we had – because of the situation, mm-hmm. you know, you can't bring every drug addict to your house. No. Because they probably have robbed you 
or, or, or what have you, have taken everything in value. Yes. And it's not because they hate you. Right. It's because they just need what they need to feel better and to kill the pain they're going through. And let me tell you, the kid went through some shit. I found out that after he died, after that, that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone's got a story. Yeah. Some are worse than others. Yep. Yeah. I have a story. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a story. Well, um, your story. Your story is very passionate, and I I applaud you for your efforts. I mean, well, thank just, you. And and all I have to say to the people that you know, if you don't want to help me, get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. I love that. That's awesome, Peter. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you talking. How does if somebody wanted to donate to you, if somebody okay. wanted to um. How would they find you? We have a beautiful, beautiful website that's been, you know, the Shields is is put together out of uh, Plymouth, Mass. It's www.supportthesoupman.org. It is an incredible website. Um, and we're on Facebook mm-hmm. as well, Support the Soup Man. Um, if you haven't seen the website, it's very touching. We have kids coloring bags. We do 100 bag brown bag lunches every Saturday oh, with wow. the soup. Kids are coloring the bags. The Girl Scouts, Girl Scouts are giving us cookies. That's awesome. <laughs> that's cookies. Girl Scout cookies, man. That's they a treat. They were selling Girl Scout cookies. And they said, if you don't want to buy them for yourself, buy them for the soup man. And they gave me 40 <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. We have, we have our elders in nursing homes doing toiletry bags, and they're getting pissed at us. <laughs> they want them to keep doing them. Yeah. Just give me some of those Girl Scout cookies. They'll they'll oh, it. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so great. So it sounds like support the soup man. Support the soup man on Facebook. Support the soup man on 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 their website. We'll post all the details in uh on our Facebook post so that people can find these links and and take some action. It sounds like yeah. you know whether you can if you can donate donate. It sounds like if you have something you know in your closet if your kids have outgrown their clothes it sounds like uh you know that there's there's a great opportunity to, to help doing, a less fortunate person we're not really doing much with clothes no okay uh, we are doing t-shirts sweatshirts we do uh winter coats okay in the winter and boots and boots, boots. and all and all that information yeah. is on your website yes it is okay you know, drop off locations you can mail a check in if you don't want to mm-hmm. uh, give us anything online uh, but you can donate online, uh, you know, www.supportthesoupman.org. I'm in. I'm, I'm supporting the soup, man. <laughs> right now, you need to get a hold of me because we need to talk on this program you're doing because there's no reason you and I can't work together. We, I, would love, I would love to work with you, Peter. Mm, we, I love awesome. it. We can move the it. world. Partnerships are born. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, I'll be calling you. I'll right. definitely be calling Thank you. Thank you so much. You take Thank care. You. Thanks for Thank all you, you do. For being on. I appreciate it, Peter. Thank you for Thank all that you do. Hello. All right, bye now. Bye. Well, that was really good, wasn't it? That was good. I, I really, uh, he's a funny guy. You gotta I mean, for such a, such a tragic story. Yeah. Um, you know, which is, it was heartfelt. And I know that just having him talk about it and, and sharing it was just hard to watch um, and hard to hear. And I know it was, it was just, tough all, all around but for him to take that and to do this and have so much passion yeah and to be able to just give back i mean i, I don't know i felt inspired i know well you know something you do the same thing you spend a lot of your time 
giving back. And I know now I didn't tell you I was going to say that. So you're going to get all like verklempt. <laughs> Is my face red? Can you tell? <laughs> no, but I mean, you raise money for scholarships for, mm -hmm. um, for sober living. You, you do a lot in the community to give back. And um, <clears throat> I mean, and so do I. It, I it's know. just one of these things where you, uh, I don't know, I don't do it because of my daughter. Mm -hmm. I do it because of all the people that I know that aren't here anymore. Right. And I don't want anybody to ever have to feel like that. And if I could even help anybody from feeling like I did, you know, that that's, that's why I do it. And I'm sure you, why, why do you keep going when you could, I'm sure do lots of things in your life. What, what made you like choose to do this? That's a good question. So when I, so when I originally started my company back in 2009, um, or 2008, actually, it was, it was because I saw that there were a lot of families out there like mine, who didn't have a guide, they didn't have a person, they didn't have someone on their side, everything was focused on me, as the addict, uh, the person that needed services. And so, you know, I felt like uh, it was my responsibility uh, to step in and try to provide support. And so in doing so, then it was like, all right, you know, somebody needs to do this full time, there needs yeah. to be services around this. And so it just became, um, you know, the, the, the path that my higher power chose for me, I guess, is the best way that I can say it. I mean, I, I didn't intend for it to become what it is today. Uh, my pain, my experience led me into it. And it became what it became based on the needs that existed. And I imagine yeah. it's the same for Peter, you know, I mean, he, uh, he went through what he went through. And he, you know, showed up with soup intending just to help and probably didn't see this company or this nonprofit organization support the soup man as becoming what it became today, but ultimately just went with it. Right. You know, saw the yeah. need, the need drove him <laughs> and the yeah. position was created for the soup man. Nobody knew the soup man was needed until the soup man started. Yeah. Yeah. So, and same with you. I mean, what, what led you into it? Well, I mean, it wasn't I your daughter. What, what led I, you? It was the, it, it, you know, it's funny because in 2012, I incorporated Magnolia New Beginnings, and that was before anything had happened with Katie. Mm. She was, it was before she started using, and the uh, intention was to um, provide a fresh start or a new beginning to anybody that, for whatever reason, needed, needed a little bit of help. And I was teaching uh, English as a second language in a community action agency, and I saw lots of people that needed just a little bit of of like a leg up, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and I had been in that situation in my own life before where I started a cleaning company at one point and to get that first $500 to get all the paperwork done and to get some vacuums and stuff right. was the hardest thing to do. And as soon as I had that, well, then it grew and grew and grew. And I actually wound up selling it in order to come to Massachusetts. So, mm. I mean, there's lots of people out there that could do a lot if they right. were given a little bit of help. But then after my daughter, um, you know, got involved in drugs and I started to see what was happening and, and support, she had me and she had, her, you know, her father to help us. Her, mm -hmm. her, but I saw lots of people working so hard and but unable to um, unable to uh, get into a sober house after after treatment. And then they were back out to the street or back out to that couch that they were living on before all this happened. Mm. So I said, well, that's something I can do something about. That and bringing people together, which is the other thing that Magnolia does. And we have about right. 25,000 people now. We've been saying 20, but it's more than that. It just keeps growing. 
um, people in these close support groups supporting each other. So it was all about seeing gaps. Mm. I mean, and kind of also, I guess it's very similar to the same thing. Well, it takes, I mean, those are pioneers, you know, people who see those gaps and like, hey, you know what? Somebody needs to do something and, you know, looks like I am somebody. So well, it's going to happen. I <laughs> think that you posted last, what was it, last week? No yeah. one's coming. <laughs> no one's coming for us. It's up to us. Yeah. No one's yeah. coming. It's up to us. I actually saw that was a, um, uh, it was a meme that I found and it was definitely based on, you know, kind of a military perspective. You know, we're in the stuff. Nobody's coming. It's up to us. We got to fix this. But I feel like we are at war, you know, and, and I feel like that's the case. You know, we're all down here on the front lines and it's like, some of us are, we're waiting for somebody to step in and do the thing. You know, we're waiting for somebody to come in and be like, all right, we've been working in the background. We figured it out. This is what it's going to take to fix it. Don't worry. We're here. And yeah. I, that's, I've, I've been around for a little while and I don't think that's coming. I don't think Not anybody's happening. coming. I think it's, we're in it and it's up to us and it's up to people like you and me and, you know, our listeners and people like Peter and a lot of the guests that we have on, it's up to us. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was, I know it was heartbreak and pain that put Peter in the position that he's in. Um, but without that, I know there's a lot of people um, that wouldn't be receiving the help and support uh, that they're getting right now. And these, a lot of these are born out of pain. This is my company's born out of my pain. Yours is born out of yours. And yep. same with Peter and a lot of these folks. And, and, and I applaud people like Peter for, for putting in the work. And I, I'm, I'm looking at all the different things that he's doing here. I mean, it's not just soup. You know, the, the soup man is not just soup, as he said in his thing. It's, you know, he's got a, a food line coming out. It's backpack for backpack, uh, you know, made in America backpacks. You buy one, you know, another one is, is, is sent to one of these people. Like it's, you know, there's, there's things in the backpack, socks. He uh, is encouraging people to, um, you know, to what, what, what can people do locally? You know, what, what, what can other people do if they don't have money? You know, if they can't you know, they are a nonprofit, a nonprofit, if they can't make a donation, uh, or show up an event or something like that, what can they do? And he was like, just, you know, if you got a pair of boots, donate them, you know, yeah. if you got a winter jacket, donate it. It's, uh, you know, these things are extremely, they're needed, and they're useful. Yeah. And we're going to have his website on our website and let everybody know yep. where they can do that. And mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, you know, sounds like a worthy cause and he is so dedicated. So it's mm. just nice to see somebody, see somebody doing something with their heart like that. Right. Well, and, and, you know, he was, he was talking about loss. Uh, I mean, obviously losing a son, I believe he said he, his son was living up in Bangor, Maine and uh, back in 2016 and he passed away from, you know, opiate overdose and was living homeless up there. And, you know, I mean, aside from what he's doing and what you're doing and what I'm doing and what a lot of these, you know, the, these uh, um, individuals looking for ways to help are doing it, it. There's still gaps. You know, there's still people who are falling through the gaps. There's still a homeless population that is maybe not getting the, the right amount of services at the shelters they're going to. Yep. Um, you know, there's stigma around mental health, people that are struggling. There's stigmas around treatment for substance abuse. There's, there's still a lot of gaps to be filled. And, um, you know, one of them that I see is, is grief too. You know, I, I meet a lot of parents who have experienced a lot of loss. Uh, you know, losing a child is not, it's not something people get over. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a few different groups out there for people who've gone through that. I know GRASP uh, is one of the runs, ones around here um, that provides support, and there's some others. But, you know, it's there's a very... an organization, actually, that was associated with Magnolia, and they brought, Cheryl Jouare broke off and created Team Sharing, and that's on Facebook. Okay. I think it's teamsharing.org. Okay. And they have 
face-to-face groups, but they have the same kind of groups that Magnolia has, these these close support groups for anybody. That's huge. I mean, that's a support that I know I can't give. I've never experienced that. You know, I I wouldn't know how to console somebody other than to empathize and feel bad and have compassion. But, you know, it definitely is one of those things that you may feel alone. You may feel like nobody understands. Absolutely. Um, You know, and and it's, uh, as I said before, it's amazing that, you know, Peter was able to take that pain and turn it into a passion to help others. But for some others, it's crippling. You know, like you said, he didn't curl up in a ball and let it defeat him. But for others, they may feel like it, you know, if they're listening and, and they've gone through a loss, I want to make sure they know that there are resources available uh, and that they, they find them. Good point. Yeah. Good point. All right. Well, it was very nice to have him on. And uh, I look forward to hearing about all the wonderful things the soup man does and possibly even finding his, his, uh, his product line at the store. How awesome would that be? That would be pretty cool. I love that. <laughs> They, they, I think they referenced him as the new Paul Newman. I love it. <laughs> In the article, I thought that was great. <laughs> nice. Oh. All right. Well, it was very nice to have him on, and uh, hopefully we'll get to hear from him again. Sounds good. All right. I would like to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on this episode of Collateral Damage. As always, if you'd like to find out all of the different ways that you can listen to and subscribe to our podcast, you can visit our website, which is www.cdpodcast.com. There are many different ways to listen, download, and subscribe, so we encourage you to choose the one that is most appropriate for you. And as always, we would encourage our listeners to get informed and stay connected. Thank you for joining us.